0: Welcome to the one-player podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 328. What is
1: a dragon's favorite kind of competition?
0: Oh, a uh, foot
1: race. A roast battle. A roast battle? Yeah, roast. have you ever heard of roast battles? No. Oh. Well, then that I wasn't don't get a very it. funny joke. <laughs> a roast battle I mean, It was probably a great do, one for other people. So where you do insults against each other.
0: Oh, I bet you there's people that are just on the floor laughing when they heard that. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I doubt d- it. That may not have been I'm... a good joke. I thought it
1: was funny. <laughs> well, what do you call a dragon who tells jokes? Uh,
0: dangerous? Laugh a lot. <laughs> Sir laugh a lot. Sir laugh a lot. Okay. So, anyway, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, today we're talking about uh, dragons, which is why Julius is uh, making these jokes. Anyway, so yeah, so today we're talking about Flamecraft. It is a, it is a, well, it's a game about dragons, really. It's about dragons in town.
1: Yeah, it's a very cute game. It is primarily a worker placement to resource management game where you are sending, these dragon cards around town and it yourself in the form of a dragon around town to be able to collect resources and use those resources to turn them in for spells and gain points. And the person has the
0: most amount of points when the game ends wins. Exactly. Yep. And, and you're not evil, mean dragons. You're friendly, helpful dragons. Just
1: Everyone is friendly, helpful dragons. It is very cute in terms of its theme and art because it's all about, there's, they're like mini dragons. They're all human sized dragons who have integrated into a town with humans. And so they all are sort of side by side. So the dragons all work together with like the bakers and the butchers and the shop owners and things like that.
0: And the game is just just for the record, it's uh, published by Cardboard Creations, designed by Manny Vega. Art and illustration by Sandera Tang. Cardboard Alchemy. Cardboard Alchemy. Is that not what I said?
1: You said Cardboard Creations. It's Cardboard Alchemy.
0: Wow. Okay. Where did I get that from? Yeah. Carb- cardboard alchemy. Um. <laughs> anyway, it's gonna be that kind of day, listeners. I'm sorry, I I can't. I don't know what to say. So in that case, let's just jump uh, forward in time, and we kind of did the summary. How about the components then? Sure.
1: So let's start talking about the components. So I I don't even know if there's a regular version at this point in time. I got mine off of Kickstarter. So mine is the deluxe edition. Albert, do you have a deluxe edition as well?
0: Not that I know of. Mine was a Christmas gift that I got last year from from the friendly local game store. What type of
1: tokens do you have? Are they wood tokens or are they cardboard?
0: They are cardboard
1: tokens. Ah, so then I'll be able to talk about the deluxe edition and you can talk about the standard edition. Okay. Um, The deluxe edition has wood resources for the different resources that you can collect. So there's anvils, toast, crystals, potions, stakes, and leaves. And in my version, those are all wood resources. They're very nice. They're like meeple-type things with some screen printing on them. And there's a regular, it's, just a, it's a standard games tray. It's their new Y-Trays uh, that mm-hmm. is included in the game to be able to hold and organize those tokens. But they're very nice wood tokens. Um, Alberts, I assume, has has cardboard chit circles
0: yeah exactly yep yep cardboard circles different colors with a screen printed image on them yeah but um but no tray for organizing anything
1: not nearly as nice in my opinion as the wood ones i really really like the wood ones they're very pretty they're very nice Albert, are they shaped or
0: are they also round
1: They're shaped. They're all shaped tokens. The anvils are shaped like anvils. It's like meeples. It's meeple type resources.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I find my tokens actually are pretty small and a little hard to manage because they're so small. Yeah. So I, I do wish I had bigger shaped tokens.
1: I will say that the wood tokens included with the game, they are small. I don't find it particularly hard to use them because of their size, and I have big hands. I don't think it's a problem, their size. Um, But the second print or second edition, second version, I'm not quite sure. But there is now an optional ability to buy the extra large wooden resources Uh to have even bigger tokens if you wanted
0: that. Would all that fit in the box? Well, I mean, it's the same size box, I assume.
1: So ours has an insert, a plastic insert designed to hold those Y-trays and hold uh, hold the coins and all the other stuff that are in it. Um, you'd have to redo the or pitch the insert to be able to afford an extra tray of tokens or some other method, but it would fit
0: yeah my mine is just a cheap cardboard insert that divides into generic slots, so it's pretty disposable, honestly,
1: yeah, we have a plastic insert
0: nice so okay. in
1: in addition, speaking of upgraded resources uh so. You can collect all these, these six different resources. Another to- thing that you can collect over the course of the game are coins. Um, coins are essentially a stand-in for just a point at the end of the game, uh, but they can also be used over the course of the game for various actions or abilities, or even some some recipes require them. So they're just another thing that you collect. Uh, they can be cardboard in Albert's standard version, or metal tokens in my deluxe
0: version. Mm-hmm. With a with a drawstring bag,
1: with a drawstring bag,
0: yep. Yeah, no, I I get a deluxe Ziploc bag in mine.
1: Oh, uh, I I only use the drawstring bag for storage. When we're playing the game, we just dump them all out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, sure, a bag is fine, but it's not the the bag is not what's important. The really nice metal right, coins yeah. is what's important.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, the you know the coins aren't used that much in the game. Like you said, they. are they're wild cards, and they're sort of resource for victory points that you could spend during the game. Um, but I haven't found them that big a deal. I would feel inclined to upgrade them. The resources, you inclined yeah. to
1: upgrade the resources?
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Those I would. The coins, eh.
1: To the extra large or the standard size ones?
0: I would do either, I would think. Um, In the website, I only see extra large ones now. Jumbo wooden tokens.
1: Well... Yeah, probably. <laughs> so
0: I, don't, I wouldn't have I don't a choice know. in this?
1: I'm sure they're available somewhere.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: The next option is, is let's talk about the uh, town mat. So there is, it's a board essentially, that holds the different stores. So there's going to be 12 stores that are created over the course of the game. The mat is a spot to hold all of them. The mat is also a spot to hold the decks of cards that are coming out. Um, and also there's a track that runs around to be able to track points. Uh, so points when they're not in the form of coins, points are actually tracked on that by advancing a little heart meeple. There's one heart meeple for every player's color and they go around this track on the board. The board is, it's surprisingly, it's not a board. It's actually a playmat. And the playmat, to my understanding is standard. Um, mm-hmm. So, I I like that it's a playmat. It's good for it to be a playmat because the board is actually narrow and very wide. Reminded me of the form function of Paladins in that it's another wide game. To be able to make that into a board would have probably required two boards next to each other.
0: Or a lot of folding. Or a lot of folding.
1: I'm very happy with it being a playmat. I think that's a good form solution for it. And I think that works really well to create that town aspect, especially when combined together with the cards.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the only complaint about the playmat is that when you unroll it, the corners are always the one end is always going to be kind of curled up, but it doesn't get in the way of the game at all. Yeah, it's, it's not a real issue.
1: And I think if you alternate which ones which way you're rolling, it isn't too much of an issue. So mm-hmm. that's what I do. I also roll it so that the black side is out when I roll it up. That way, the really? curve is down.
0: Oh, okay, that's a good idea. That's harder to roll that way, in my experience. I haven't so I haven't tried it. I don't disagree, but it works better for me. (laughs) Yep. Okay.
1: That is the town mat. I mentioned the shops. The shops are big cards. So each town mat has a shop front, like the front of the building. And then there's these larger cards. I'm not sure what size they are. I mentioned like Dixit or even different, but there are bigger cards. And each one of them is a shop. And the shops will all show what happens when you put a dragon there, what happens when you go there, things like that. They are all, all of this is going to have bright, colorful, pretty art. All of it looks really nice. So, this is not an exception to that. The majority of the card space is taken up with the art for the spot and it fits in really nicely. Same thing about it all being very clear, very easy to see across the table. The other, th- so that's in terms of the shop cards. There are also dragon cards. The dragon cards. Uh, there are cards that, well, there's two types of dragon cards. I'm focusing specifically on the dragon cards that go to the shops. So there's six suits of dragon cards, one for each of the resources that I mentioned before. And those will determine when you pick a shop to go to, you'll get one resource for the shop itself and one resource for each dragon that's there, in the different suits. So the suits are all very clear on what they are, but all of the different suits also have a special ability. So each suit has a special ability. Those special abilities are mentioned on each card, regardless of how many times it's present. Each card mentions what that suit does. I will say, that text is small, is harder to read across the table. It's not at all iconized. Usually when there's something on there, they try and iconize it to make it A, you know, language neutral and B to make it easier to be able to see at a glance what it is. It's it's not iconized. There's not an iconized version of it on the player cards. There's a reference to it on the back of a player reference card. But if you're not familiar with what the suits do, you're probably going to be consulting that numerous times until you get into the course of the game, just because of the way that it's done. And it just requires reading it every time.
0: Yeah. Now, it's not too huge an issue in that as the game progresses, you're going to get dragons of all types on both sides of the board, so you don't have to reach as far to find it? You just got to pick up the card and flip it over the one that's next to you but it it is a little it is definitely an inconvenience
1: yeah i think that that might be more true when you're playing with higher player counts i think mm-hmm. um but even with higher player counts often people will want to pick up the card that they're holding or don't remember that all the suits are the same and don't remember that they can reference it when you play with newer players but in solo i think less cards possibly come out or less cards stay out or less
0: cards come out predictably maybe yeah I mean, the whole deck comes out in this whole game. Yeah, it's just a little, little bit slower. Yeah, but, but like I said, it's once it. once the game gets going, then you're gonna have cards all over, regardless. Uh, at the beginning, the first few rounds, there's not as much out for sure. I I, th-
1: I think it's a I think it's a comment that I would have preferred for that to be more iconized. I would have preferred for the cards to have icons instead of text, and then have a text reference on the player cards instead of having it all be text. But I don't know. I suppose maybe I'm nitpicking, but it is, some, it is something that, especially with new players, comes up. The other type of card, again, is the uh, recipes that I've mentioned before. You're trying to get these resources to be able to cash them in for recipes, and those recipes are then assigned to the stores and increase the store's payout when you go there. The recipes are all they're they're pretty basic. It's uh, pictures of all of the resources you get. You need to get all of them, and then you go and you turn them all in, and you get the points listed on it it's all pretty clear i think that possibly the only issue is is that most of the recipes are that list some of the recipes are are different in that instead of having a list it gives you points for every pair of resources that you have the way they iconize that is by having the two resources that you need in big and then there's a tiny little text that says pairs and Again, rather than yeah. iconizing that, it's just tiny little just, text. You have to figure it out.
0: Not just tiny, but tiny and in a in a faint font. Yeah, <laughs> it's like light gray on a tan background, on a light tan background, so it's a little bit hard to read.
1: Yeah. Again, I would have preferred more icons because it's so common that it comes up. An icon that means pairs of it or something along those lines. Something icon and bigger and bolder to be aware that it is pairs because again if you don't explain that point to a new player they're gonna look and they'll be like hey i get the two things i need i'm gonna go trade in and wait a second it's weird because there's a list of possible points here but now i've prepped for it and i'm like oh well i feel like i've done a silly thing and then they have to Mm -hmm. write it back and it's just happened to me a couple times with new players and just it just didn't need to
0: yeah, and and it's not complicated. It happens once, and they've got it, and that's it. You know, then, then it's over, and you move on. Um, so that's
1: all about the cards, I believe. Are there any cards I missed out, Albert, on this game with a bunch of? He didn't
0: mention the fancy dragons. There's another deck of dragons that give you points. The that you're gonna you're gonna start the game with a fancy dragon in your hand. You're gonna draw two, and you're gonna pick one to keep and discard the other one. Right, and they, they. Get, describe what kind of bonus they'll give you, either when you play them or at the end of the game, depending on the, on each dragon. Yes, and which is a con. <laughs> yeah, it's so, and it's in your hands. So it's text, so it's not a big deal to read it. I, I do, however, don't always find them clear to follow and understand, hmm. and aren't always in the rulebook. Yeah,
1: I, I, I haven't seen that they're not in the rulebook. For the ones that are clear, they're all in the rulebook because a lot of them need further explanation. I found.
0: Yeah, there was one that said you get points for each resource that you have less than two of. Well, so does if I have zero, does that include that one, or do I have to have at least one? That wasn't clear to me. And there's well, the a, rulebook a does specific, say yes. I didn't see that in my rule book. Oh, it's there. Like where it lists the dragons, that one was never listed. I'm pretty so sure there. Must it's there must be some. Hmm. That was not yesterday. Wasn't. <laughs> they must have taken it out since you last looked. <laughs> well, anyway, so I mean. They, they are, some of them are a little confusing and th- there's one that says you get resources for odd or even Well, zero considered even that was answered in there. I found it says, yes, yeah, zero is even. So based on that, I decided that zero also counts.
1: Oh yeah. That's what I'm thinking of just because I would say it's obvious that zero is less than two.
0: It is, but there's many games where it says you got to have at least one for that to count. Yeah. But and it doesn't say that. Here. It Right. So when it doesn't say it, you're not sure what they intended. I, I would love it if it was clear about it. It does count or it doesn't count. Simple simple statement.
1: Maybe. Anyway, so that is those. Um, shall we move on to the last re- the last component, the dragons?
0: Be- before we talk about the last components, the, I want to mention one more thing about all the cardboard components, the cards and the dragons. They're all unique. No two cards are the same. All the dragons, even though there's only six suits and all the dragons of each suit are exactly the same in functionality, they went to the the effort of making them look different and have different names, so so they spend a lot of time in in doing that, and yeah, and all of them are they're all cute, you know, like a lot of the shops the names are puns, like touch a glass for a glass shop, scale mail post right is another one, um, draconic tonic just sounds fun. The what's the one that I like the. Nunya's Beeswax. So cute. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cute names. And all the dragons, they have names that match the suits, So like, for example, the green suit that has the symbols of leaf, one of the dragons is named Twig. So I thought that was a really nice touch that they went to that effort to, to make every single card unique. Uh, same for, for the, not they're not spells, but the recipes. Again, they all have unique titles. So... Beyond that, the wooden bits. From my point of view, the wooden bits. From your point of view, more wooden bits. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually going to comment about that, but go ahead. The uh, So you get two different th- wooden sets of things. You get the uh, dragon to mark your where you go in the town to represent your character. And a little wooden score token. little tiny symbol with a spiral on it. And one side it is for 0 to 50, and the other is for 50 plus points.
1: Oh, wait, what? Yours is a symbol with a spiral on it? Oh, interesting. I, you should have wooden heart
0: markers. Do you not? Oh, you're right. They are hearts. Why am I thinking? Sp- you know, why I'm thinking spirals because a few minutes ago I was looking at the website and you could buy a pink dragon and it brings a heart a spiral, not a heart, doesn't it?
1: Oh, let me mention about the pink dragon in just a minute. We'll come back to that. Okay. But yes, so you have wooden heart markers and you also have wooden dragon meeples. The dragon meeples are used to send yourself around the board and figure out where it is that you're going for your action. Um, If you go share some with someone else, you have to pay the resources, it's fine. But they are dragon meeples to send around the board. Now, as opposed to many of the other things, all of the wooden dragon meeples are identical. They look the exact same. The hearts all have a unique excuse me, a unique silkscreen to their types. Like the bread is a riff on the bread and the leaf, etc. But the dragons are all the same. Um, in the deluxe version, in addition to having both of those components, we also have um, miniatures for each of the different dragon types. They are not all the same. And there are, there are miniatures of specific dragons in represented the other cards i don't know, i don't remember which ones specifically they are but they're like named ones from the other ones from the cards and so they are actual dragons from the game they all look unique they're all very nice adorable miniatures which when you pull them out you're then well what am i gonna do with the dragon meeples and why are they included and the answer is they stay in the box consigned there forever
0: <laughs> yeah uh, fate worse than death if you're a meeple yeah
1: lost the ages
0: so that's interesting and so on the website you could buy the box of the miniatures and it brings all seven colors but you could also buy a box of just the pink that brings the wooden dragon the heart shape uh corner with the spiral on it which is what was confusing me and a pink miniature which is different from the one in the box
1: I do believe by the way on the website it's the series 2 version of
0: the miniatures. Oh, so it's a new version two. of the oh, miniatures. Oh, you're right. I see now. Series 2, there it is. Yeah, so it's a huh. new
1: version of the miniatures. If you wanted all the thing, you can get the new version of the miniatures. I just have the old version of the miniatures.
0: Ah, and I, so and you get a new card to go with it, I guess.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's a new card to go with it. Yeah, no, it's they're they are dragons representing the old ones. You get the same cards, uh, okay. but they're now directly they're they are even more reminiscent of the original ones because like they have bread and and meat and things like that. They're very very strongly reminiscent.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So that is those meeples. Um, you mentioned about the pink meeple. If you find it, got it, backed it, whatever method. There is a pink meeple which is represented the fancy dragons. It's that other suit with the ones that give you just points either during the game or at the end of the game. It is the fancy dragons. Um with those the the easiest way to have gotten your hands on a pink meeple, pink dragon, is by completing a set of puzzles that were going on during the Kickstarter campaign. Oh. And I'm going to comment about this. Because there are some shenanigans that some publishers use to be able to draw backers in. One of the ones that I've seen more and more recently is the idea of bid a dollar or or pay a dollar now to secure VIP treatment and get stuff like this during the campaign. Or if you buy a dollar before the campaign, then your pledge will be automatically upgraded or whatnot or whatever have you. I really dislike that one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I understand why it's a good psychological tactic to work on people, but I dislike it. This one is another similar psychological tactic because it creates more engagement with it, lets people get theoretically a completely free thing, and also commonly has <laughs> discussions between other people as you're looking for puzzle hints or solutions. Or you're sharing the hints and solutions that you can tell someone else, hey, if you're interested, here's how you get the free thing and just follow this and this step. It, it's it's another sneaky tactic to draw people's eyes, I feel like, to this. It's not a sneaky tactic I've seen anyone else use. And I think it's a good sneaky tactic.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm in At support of it. At least you get it. something out of it. Yeah. I, do, I don't like things like that. Yeah. I mean, the, it, it builds excitement. It gets people talking about the game more and, and that draws even more people in, right so it's it's a great marketing idea but boy i I hate stuff like that that would turn me off on a project
1: i mean i i think it's better than some of the other ones it's not an abusive sneaky tactic is what i'm saying
0: yeah yeah van ryder did one recently with the final girls season three where everybody that backed it above the minimum level like at the at the two higher tiers we're going to get a an extra expansion it wasn't gonna be free, and they never said it would be free. So you didn't, if you didn't want it, you didn't have to pay for it. But then you got an extra one, and the more people that backed it, the cheaper it became. And so, so there was a little bit of FOMO there, and a little bit of excitement and, and desire to bid more just to be able to get the free thing. And I fell for it, and I got it.
1: <laughs> yeah, these tactics work, but I just wanted to mention it.
0: Yeah, yeah, huh, interesting. Well, you could still get them now after the fact, you know. So, so oh, yeah, you don't you have just to have feel to like you missed it. out, which I do appreciate. Yeah, you you do have to pay for this stuff, and it isn't all that cheap. I mean. The deluxe things, if you got it now, right the, the the tokens are $32, the coins are 25 the miniatures are another 25
1: Oh yeah, you can get all the deluxe stuff. It's another $75, just get a bag with all the deluxe stuff.
0: Oh, do they have that? See, I don't see that on the website. Yeah, did you great. get the coasters and the stickers and bookmarks? We did,
1: and they are scattered amongst our house and various detritus because they were cute and adorable, and we don't know what to do with them and feel bad throwing them
0: away. Ah, uh, yeah. Somebody sent me a sticker recently in a Christmas card, and I had no idea why where the, they got this Flamecraft sticker from, but I was happy, and I put it in my box with the game, and now I know where it's from. Yep. I haven't figured out what to do with it yet, so it lives in the box for now. All right, so so we've talked a plenty about components. We haven't even gotten into the gameplay yet, and we're like hours into this podcast already.
1: So let's jump into the
0: gameplay then, Albert. All right, and before gameplay theme... Does it feel like you're running around a town being a good dragon? And Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yes. The cute art, the elements that I'm pulling it in, the, the sharing of the resources, I mean, it achieves its point. Yes, very. I well. agree.
0: Yep. All right, that theme's done. Rules!
1: Uh, oh, yeah, just briefly, the rules. I think we've commented about this before. The rules are fine. They go in and explain everything in the rules. Clearly, there's a reference in the back for what all the various things do. There's a specific call out on how these solo rules work. I think it's all fine. I think it all explains it. So not really a whole lot to
0: discuss on that. Other than keep in mind, I already complained that not everything seems to be referenced in the rules. Not all the abilities. Enough is but referenced to make me it, happy. Okay. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's really well made. It's really good.
1: So in the gameplay, the basic loop that you're in is you're going to run around and get resources and trade those resources in to get points. Um, it reminded me kind of of, of many of the um, Charterstone people games, but there's two basic types of turns that you take. You can take a turn where you're either gathering resources or where you're enchanting resources. On your turn, you will send a dragon to a shop. If there's someone at that shop, you have to give them a goodie because you're friends with them and paying them <laughs> off for being there maybe a little bit of a theme misstep, but yeah we're all friends so you pay them something for the fact that you're imposing on their space and then you gather resources you get a resource for the shop the resource for every dragon and the resource for every enchantment on that shop then you get to run any special abilities on the shop there are six starting shops those shops have no special abilities But over the course of the game, you're going to be having more shops come out. Whenever a shop is fully filled, you'll put another one from this deck of shops, and those shops will have abilities. They are often huge abilities, Mm game-changing abilities, and you are very much encouraged to use them. But on the other hand, the starting shops give you more resources because they're filled with dragons and enchantments. So push comes to shove on whether or not you want to go with which one. Once you've completed that, your turn is done. You have your resources. In order to turn in those resources for points, you will instead enchant. So begin with the same thing. You go to a shop. And then instead of collecting resources from that shop, you will pick one of the recipes that are splayed out in the center area, turn in all of the goods you want, slide that recipe under the shop, enchanting it, enhancing it, and get the points for whatever benefit, because sometimes it gives you coins or dragons or other things on the recipe. But you get whatever benefit comes out of that recipe. And then you get to fire each dragon, which I neglected when I was talking about the gather, because when you gather, you can choose one dragon to fire, which is use the suit ability of that dragon. When you enchant, you get to use the suit ability of each dragon in the shop which theoretically would encourage you to want to do those on those earlier shops that are fully filled, again, pushing people towards the earlier shops to get more resources for it and adding to that push and pull dynamic as you're playing through that. You'll fire them up. You'll run all of their suit abilities. Sometimes that can trigger more suitabilities. Play through that and then that ends your turn. The gameplay loop is dead simple. You'll keep running that loop until either you run out of enchantments in the deck or you run out of dragons in the deck. Either one of those will trigger the end of the game, finish up everyone else taking a turn, and then total up your points. Often i found when I'm playing the gameplay, once everyone figures out what to do, you can take your turn and then be like, okay, do I have enough resources to enchant? Yes, I do. And then by the time you figure that out, your turn is back up to you. That's, that's how how fast the gameplay loop can start going when you're playing multiplayer when you're playing solo it just it's the same kind of thing when you're taking your turn you run with it you move so fast for how the turn is none of which detracts from the strategic element the decision making space of it even though it's a very simple loop with those things it's a very satisfying loop between mm-hmm plan that out getting those resources building of what you need to run what you need
0: yeah the solo the solo games AI is so quick too that you know you you play you play the turning like wait it's my turn again already that that came up so fast it's it goes really really smoothly really quickly
1: yeah the solo AI just to briefly go over how the solo AI works it's very simple Um, you take a turn and then the solo Dude takes a turn, and he's really sort of playing as two two dudes, is the way it's set up. But essentially, mm-hmm. you'll reveal a car a dragon card from the deck, put it somewhere where it matches. Um, if it matched, then move a dragon around, which is going to make you spend more stuff if it's there. Um, and if it can do any enchantments, it just if it has a matching enchantment out, it enchants the shop and keeps going on from there. It's gonna continue running around throwing out dragons. There's gonna be all the dragons out by the time it's done, and that's really it. It's just throwing out more stuff, and your goal is to get as many points as you can. It is a beat your own score type, so he's not getting any. He's not getting any points. All he's doing is putting out more stuff over the course of the game, and potentially sniping stuff away from you if you had a enchantment that you were looking to, or essentially a recipe that you were looking to spend resources on
0: yeah like a human player he, he does get in your way here and there he most definitely does or they do because there's six of them really five of them well i mean it's <laughs> sort of like it's only one
1: it's just moving all the dragons around yeah
0: yeah i know that yeah, i'm gonna go to this shop it's gonna be great i'm gonna do something and then suddenly by the time you get to that shop there's now two dragons there because you, you waited to turn too long and it filled up, and now you got to spend two resources, and suddenly you don't have everything you needed for that action. So now you got to wait yet another turn.
1: <laughs> or the more frequent thing that happens to me is just at rant, and it grabs an enchantment that I was going
0: to be grabbing next time. That's a yes, yeah. So uh, there, there yeah. is, and that could be game because sometimes you look and you say, "Oh, I really want to cast this enchantment." There's two of that color. I got some time. I don't have to rush because when they go cast enchantment, you pick the one that it casts of the matching color. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So it's it's very gamey and well, not very gamey, but it's gameable. So I had discussed just to summarize my
1: opinion on this, on the multiplayer game mode. I think the gameplay is very strong and very dynamic. There's a lot of decision points to make while keeping the game moving easily and flowing. It's challenging. It's rich. It's dynamic, but it's also simple. It's easy to understand. It's easy to execute. It it plays on both of those elements at the same time and does a really good job of it while looking beautiful while it's doing it. I would say that probably the biggest nitpick I have is over solo because when you're playing solo, what in the normal game, you set up just a random set of shops, taking one from each suit, then three from Mm the regular ones, and you play it that way. And then just you get to have all of the fancy dragons out. When you're playing solo, according to the rules, you have to have a specific set of 10 shops in your shop deck. And a specific set of dragons in your dragon set. And according to the rules, until you win a game with a specific set of things having happened, you don't get to have the ability to change that. It'll be the same thing every time unless you achieve an achievement. And when you achieve an achievement, you have to write it down theoretically on the rule book, which no, not happening. Um I, but that's my yeah.
0: problem with it there. Yeah, yeah there is a the printable.
1: There is a printable that you can theoretically print off and, and put it on yeah. separate, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, the, also the, the solo card on the back you could write it there instead if you don't want to write it in your rule book. But it, yeah, so just just as
1: bad. Yes, yeah, so I would print off the the printable thing, but it stays the until you achieve the achievement. That setup remains the exact same, and the setup is so much harder when you have to go through sort it out, figure out which ones it is. It's frankly, having played enough times to have unlocked some of the achievements per the rules, if you have a couple of them in and you're like, well, I want to, I want to change things up. I want to use. I want to replace out these shops. Well, you literally have to first build the basic one, and then you have to start switching out which ones to which one. Because then it's like a list of which ones you add and where they go, and which ones switch to where and how and which. And
0: it's kind of like the experience of it's kind of like like experience of learning the a solo game by first having just learned the multiplayer game and then read the rules to see how that changed. S- similar kind of concept, and it's this. You're, I don't like this this either, Julius. Uh, this is gonna be my one complaint about it too. It's only an issue if you're gonna be switching between multiplayer and solitaire. Because if you're gonna do the, if, in my mind, it's a campaign that you're playing through in solitaire mode. If you're only gonna do that or, or do that for two weeks and not play the multiplayer version between, you could set aside your decks and put them in a bag separate from everything else. When you unlock an achievement, swap those cards out. And and keep your again, your your deck separate from the rest of the stuff. So then it'd be easy to keep going that way. But if if you now want to play multiplayer, you gotta mix everything back in and you know, hopefully you wrote down what you had and then you could sort it back out again later on after the the next time you're ready to play. So it doesn't work that way. It's not as satisfying. If you're doing it solo only, then then I think it's fine. You'll just switch it up, and it's actually—I think it's an interesting idea—the campaign with the achievements because when you you have to get at least seventy-eight points, which I haven't done yet. And when you do, you can unlock, unlock up to two achievements. Each of the achievements has different goals. Like, so if if you collected, I don't know, if you have these many resources at the end, or if you have this other met this other criteria, no, it's whatever not you, resources you can at
1: the end—it's how many dragons out in town. Like,
0: it's all alter- I don't in remember. Your,
1: yeah, it's not anything in your thing. It's stuff in town and in shops and out there. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's anything looking through it. I guess there is a few, but the majority of them in, are involved in
0: town. Okay, yeah. So there, there's a bunch of them there, six of them that are like, if you have six red dragons in town, if you have six purple dragons in town, yeah. so on each of those is an achievement. There's also achievement for having certain number of shops in town. Do I have all 12 shops in the town? Because the game could end before you get all 12. Or do I have two shops with this symbol? Uh, anyway, the point being is, you ch- if you if you met more than two of the achievements, you still choose which two you unlock. You can only unlock up to two. So, so as you're playing the game, could progress in a different order. You know, the first time you play through the campaign versus the second time, and I think that seems like that could be potentially interesting. I haven't definitely haven't played it anywhere enough to do that, and I don't know that it will because of the, uh, the whole switching it I'm up, out.
1: I would have preferred if their solo mode would have been like, hey, if you don't want to play a campaign. Play the game and we have a little icon on the cards like we've seen on some of the other things. There's a one with a slash mark through it for the ones that just don't work solo. If one of those comes up, discard it, replace it, or just if you feel like you take it out of the to begin with, which is not something i never ever do, but just like mark all the ones that don't work in solo and then let me play without the campaign, because the campaign is it's annoying for me to run through.
0: And are are there cards that don't work solo or is it just that they wanted to limit it to something basic and make you progress to it? Yeah, there are
1: cards that do not work solo. Okay. That do not work outside. Yeah, that do not work solo. Yeah, because there's many ones that are like, hey, if you have the most resources at the end of the game, you're like, well, I'm the only one. So, yay, I have the most. Like, there's a lot of those. So, yeah, there's quite a fair number of them that just don't work so well solo. And because it's a limited card pool, you never even see those possibly. never even realize that they're not being included.
0: Yeah, I just haven't seen those yet, Um, at least not recently. So you could, in theory, just shuffle them all together. And if you draw a card that just doesn't work, discard it and draw another one and play that way and ignore the campaign.
1: Which is the house rule of how I do it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: But then I have to realize it's so much easier if it's an icon that I can just look at and see.
0: Yeah. The, i i do like the idea of the campaign i do think it's pretty neat and pretty clever just again switching between solo multiplayer complicates that i mean and not too much because you could write it down i mean i know you have issues with writing stuff down if you play on the saturdays but uh, right. uh other than that you know somebody could could write it down and keep track of it in a little sheet of paper what they have and as, as they unlock things it tells you oh take this one card out and replace it take the dragon out and replace with a different dragon well you could just cross them off the list and and add the new one on the list yeah and so it's it's not hard to do but i don't know it annoys me that i have to (laughs) i don't know why but it does annoy me (laughs) otherwise it's a fun game it really is the resource management and all that is fun the running around town the trying to find really good combos and whatnot or not combos but uh abilities that you could manage by oh if i go here first and then go there and then i can do this for a bunch of points that that's satisfying
1: that's true so i think we're both giving it a really high recommendation
0: accurate yeah i'd say so yes
1: yeah the game is beautiful and plays very nicely very well so yes definitely high recommendation from me
0: what i'll say is i haven't played it a whole lot i don't know how much longevity it would have for me but but i have enjoyed it i have played it two times solo two times multiplayer and yeah, it's been fun every time
1: I don't have a strict count, but definitely a lot more than that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got the fancy components. That just makes it more exciting to pull out. That is true.
1: <laughs> so, Albert, what do you call a dragon who's really good at the game?
0: Uh, A winner?
1: A talented.
0: Tal- okay, talent. I get it, like a talon. Yes. <laughs> Yay, I got that one that time. <laughs> just barely.
1: All right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedbacks. So we love hearing from you.